What's up, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Channel Tracers podcast. As always, I am your host, Jay, and joining me are my good friends and partners in recording crime, Brian and Tony. And no, we are not actually recording crimes. I was just making a uh, turn of phrase. How you doing tonight, boys? I'm all right. You? Pretty good, pretty good. Tony? I'm sassy and ready to go. All right. Well, that's good because we are going to be talking about a pretty awesome show this week. Uh, We are going to be talking about yet another show that we reacted to uh, the trailer of uh, relatively recently. Very similar to our Bloodhound episode, which, by the way, thank you to everybody who checked that episode out. Um, We may actually be doing another K-drama coming up soon uh, due to some schedule stuff that came up in terms of what we were originally going to cover. But we'll talk about that more towards the end. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Kong Skull Island, the animated series on Netflix set in the legendary Monsterverse. So that's going to be fun. But before we get started with uh, that or any of our other usual segments, we are going to bring a brand new segment into the Channel Tracers podcast. And that segment is Comment Corner, where we uh, read and respond to the comments from you good people over at home on the YouTube channel. Thank you to everybody who's left comments. Really appreciate it. And if you would like to be featured in a future episode of the Channel Tracers podcast, be sure to comment on any of our recent videos and we'll be sure to have those comments listed down and read them aloud in the next future episode. Uh, They don't necessarily have to be just about the show that that episode is pertaining to. They could be related to anything that we talk about during screen time. If you guys checked out any of those, um, any reactions to any of the news stories Brian brings up, any thoughts on the trailers, that we talked about in trailer talk because I'm sure people like would like to talk about the One Piece trailer or the abomination that is the Craven trailer. Fuck you, Brian. Oh god, that. Yes, indeed. Fuck you, Brian. But yeah. We said it was only a week. What we said and what is actually happening are two different things. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. Yes. Anyways. Deal with it. Welcome to Comment Corner. Let us begin. So, Tony, you're up first. This being from our very first video from this new version of the podcast. And this comment comes from Serenity Q. Going Hallis gave me the biggest LOL. LOL. We're back, a YouTuber story. Ten cool points if you get that reference. Uh, what's up, Ricky? And I do indeed get that reference. We're back, a dinosaur story is an underrated animated class. Truly a gem of my childhood. Talking dinosaurs? Oh, hell yeah. Talking dinosaurs that did Broadway song numbers. I was here for that. Yep. Even down to the weird animated moments where maybe question reality. Oh yeah. Hello. But uh yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that yeah you uh, you seem to be excited that we're back. And uh I'm glad that going hatless made you laugh. Uh, but I do intend to go hatless, although there is going to be a special episode of the podcast where I will be wearing a hat and some other stuff. I'm gonna keep that a surprise. Not even the guys know about this one, but I got something planned. Ooh. So stay tuned for that one. Curious, very curious, sir. Brian, what is our next comment? All right, from uh, the Across the Spider Verse episode, we got a comment from old friend of the show, McDaniel three four seven. Yep. What's up, Marion? Good to see you. And they said. My prediction for what's going to happen to Miguel, even though it's more than likely not going to happen, he is going to lose a fight with either Peter or Miles, and then and they will tear the spider symbol off his chest and possibly take.
take away his powers and say to him, "Not you're not Spider-Man and you never will be. If your family could see what you have done and what you have become, they would be ashamed of you. He'll then probably won't want anything to do with you before sending him back to his universe. On realizing what happened to him, Miguel will feel angrier than ever and betrayed more realizing that he brought it all on himself but that's just me and more likely it probably won't happen so i actually think that's pretty likely i don't know why he keeps saying that's probably not gonna happen that actually sounds like exactly where it's going yeah it definitely seems like it to me but it's wrong because miguel is spider-man future he's 2099 spider-man yeah There's i think no he was talking more metaphorically of the you know you're not spider-man and never will be part that was more of a metaphor of like you know he, he said that to miles but really he's the one acting very un-spider-man like yeah fair because in terms of personality miguel's the wisecracking level rogue out of costume and he's very stoic very business in costume yep 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 um i don't think it's gonna go that far uh, because it seems like miguel is misguided but he's doing what he thinks is right oh yeah that's for sure and i think there's gonna be stuff that comes out we'll find out more about his motivation and more stuff going on to where they'll be more sympathetic to him mm -hmm. and then in the end they'll have to team up together to fight spot yeah so that makes sense need all the help they can get oh that's for sure I especially because spot is now an eldritch nightmare which uh given the fact that he has used that power that power board since it's kind of parallel to uh the dark force dimension that uh cloak uses so yeah yeah true true well yeah solid theory marion uh thank you for the comment appreciate it as always yeah thanks and finally we have one more comment from ricky serenity q26 and uh he says three episodes in so far uh three episodes in and i'm loving the series so far i'll be back when i finish the series uh that's great i'm glad you checked out bloodhounds and i'm glad you're enjoying it uh you know it, it it's one that yeah. like was a surprising like universal score uh i'm not gonna spoil it if you pause the video because you didn't want to you know hear a spoiler discussion and our final ratings but i will say it is the rare event in history where the entire panel was unanimous in terms of rating. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a miracle. Oh yeah. Because we never agree. Like, all three of us never agree on anything. Like, me and Tony agree sometimes. Me and Brian agree sometimes. Tony and Brian agree sometimes. But like, the three of us together? That's almost a never, like, happens kind of thing. So, definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Right? But yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Ricky. Uh, when you finish up the episode, feel free to comment uh, what you think about it. Either in the comments of that episode again, or, you know, in the comments of this one, if you finish by uh, the time you see this episode. So yeah, that was Comment Corner. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And remember, if you would like to be featured in the next episode, be sure to leave those comments of your thoughts, theories, and feels down below. Uh, that way we we can feature them up there i know i keep mentioning the email that uh you know i have tony put in the description for the spotify people but spotify people i know like emails are very old school nowadays so if you just want to go to the youtube video version and leave a comment there that's also fine uh but yeah we'd love to hear from you uh th this has been really fun yeah yeah and uh we gotta do the email because uh the main way that people talk to creators nowadays we don't have one of those yet. yep, yep. 
I, I was thinking about it, but you know, the bird, uh, the bird website is a cesspool. I don't know if I want to make a second no. account. Yeah. No, not the bird. Ah. What do you mean? The fee. Oh, Patreon? Oh. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. We, 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 I, I'm in the process. I'm in the process of making one of those. Where I'm, I'm still debating on whether to be Patreon or Kofi, because Kofi seems to be better. I'm, I'm like, I'm doing research and weighing the pros and cons. So stay tuned for that audience. Hey. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we want to do there. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the, I'll talk to the guys off mic and we'll figure out a situation. If you guys also want to just like directly help us out and donate, because that would be awesome too. Uh, but yeah, now we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment. That means we're going to jump right into the news with our boy, Brian. So first up, if you know if you know the geek fear, you know it's gonna happen. But uh, for now, we're gonna save that for the last story. Uh, the first story is a writer strike update, actually. Um, All right, what's it? Uh, what do we got? The Screen Actors Guild has uh, failed to reach an agreement for their for their issue, so looks like they might be joining. Good. Oh hell yeah! You can uh, just say people better Hollywood. God damn it! Just we kind of we kind of talked nope. shit about the about the actors uh, about. Sag because of the fact that they wanted to break this solidarity but now i'm glad that they you know they've gotten some sense and you know are possibly joining in with the writers indeed and um the um animators guild has like at least been helping them to like check it and stuff and join oh, yeah. the crowds mm -hmm. uh, yeah because they're technically not the same but they are yeah, I, and animators are like the biggest workhorses in the industry. Man, they are super underpaid. I mean, they're not like Japan underpaid, but oh, let's not get into that. It's uh, but it is yeah. pretty crazy. I didn't know this, but apparently, when you come to somebody like one of the big streaming services or something, and you say, "Hey, look, I have this project," and you sell them a project that is animated, you can either go to the Screen Actors to the Screenwriters Guild, or you can go to the Animators Guild. And people want to go to the Writers Guild. But usually the studios say no, it's the Screen Animators Guild. Interesting. Be because that costs them less and the Animators Guild is cheap to pay the people less. Uh, ah, classic Hollywood cutting quarters. Uh, yeah, you love to see it. That's some classic bullshit right there. Classic bullshit. Yep. And uh, one other side effect that is now because of the writer's strike Comic Con is taking a massive hit. San Diego. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. To be fair, when hasn't San Diego Comic Con taking like the fattest of L's? Well, oh, that's not entirely. I would say that's not entirely true. The the only time they've really taken a fat L was how poorly they handled their uh, remote show during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, I'm being hyperbolic. I apologize. Yeah, but this one's gonna be bad because it was already announced that Sony, Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilms, Netflix, HBO, and Universal are all skipping. <laughs> Oh. Damn, it's a, Hall H is gonna be a fucking ghost town. Yup. The reasoning has to be so fucking stupid. No, it's the writer's strike. Like, they can't speak about projects they're writing because nothing's being written. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. Yep, and they've already announced that the Marvel slate of films have been pushed back. Yep, so they don't... So, because of that, they have... They probably just have nothing to show. So there's no point in using their resources to show up to an event when you have nothing to promo... Uh, to promo. Yeah. 
Burner, of course, no. Yep. Not with pants down, so to speak, when you can't, uh, you know, give people a fair wage. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's move on to something that's a little bit like sunsetty, like right after the dark type news, because um, it was actually officially announced that uh, we knew a while back, because we've covered this before, that Justin Roiland got taken off of all of his stuff, Rick and Morty, Solar Opposites, all of that. Yep. Yep. So recently, it was announced who was replacing him on Solar Opposites. Okay. None other than Legion himself, Dan Stevens. Oh, cool. Nice. Dan Stevens is dope. He also was very good in uh, a lot of other things I've seen him in. I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's very good. He's a good, he's yeah. a really good actor. I believe he was in that shitty Beauty and the Beast. I think he was the, right? Was he? He was in that, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure he was. I think he Maybe. was the Beast. You know, yeah, he was the Beast. Yeah. His, uh, yeah. his, uh, the original solo song they had was, uh, for him, like the the Nevermore or whatever the fuck was called, that was actually a bright spot in otherwise shitty movie. Facts. The music in that live action Disney remake save a very fucking disappointing remake. Oh yeah, for sure. My favorite Disney film in live action gave it the worst singing lead this side of the universe. Uh, Sorry, Emma. Nah, it's okay. I'm sure Emma understands. You burned a bridge just a little bit with me here, Disney. I know you did it for money, but still, you turned out banging song. How does the moment like well, and never more good songs? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh speaking about doing things for money, gentlemen, it's time to get a little sus up in here. Uh -oh. CBS Studios has announced that they are adapting the popular video game Among Us into an animated series. What the fuck? Oh, good lord. This, this, fe this feels like one of those weird. committee old people, like, what do the kids like there, Johnson? This Among Us? Alright, can, yep. can we buy that? Can we make that a thing? Kids like them cartoons still, right? Let's make it one of them cartoons. Now, there is one bright spot to it because they announced already who the creator and showrunner is going to be. Okay. And that is none other than Owen Dennis, which that name might not sound familiar, but his most popular project might. He was the creator and showrunner of Infinity Train. Oh, shit! Infinity okay. Train is amazing! Okay, but gentlemen, has Among Us been relevant since what was 2020? 2020, 2019? The yeah. era where we were... People, uh, people do still play it. Oh, shit. Uh, you know, if you go back to uh, my Twitch channel, we played it a lot, and Tony was the worst imposter ever. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, can we gauge popularity in a, like, the cultural I mean, it's still yeah. in the cultural zeitgeist, because there's still a lot of, like, Among Us memes. The memes are still very strong. Memes are always going yep. to be strong in Provolente, regardless of where it's from. That's not entirely true. My favorite my favorite meme format is dead. The, 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 the sassy cat pointing at the uh like pointing at the lady that one's gone uh, i'm sure i've seen a few memes of like that sassy cat oh still around but uh anyway with the creator with the creator it seems like there might be some hope i mean yeah uh, it all depends on the direction they go if they if they go for like a comedy spin where like you know it, they literally kind of like like go in a sort of direction that the DD movie went where the dialogue and stuff feels like the shit talking that you get in an among us game with your friends and like the lies and like oh no you 
saw me doing lasers. You know, you saw I was in medical shit like that. Or, you know, show the absolute death zone that is electrical. Yeah, I remember electrical. Electrical is where yeah. everyone goes to die. And stuff like, bitch, what? Why are you lying out your ass? You saw me. I was right fucking there. I still remember the one time Brian actually won a game because he turned he turned one of our friends on each other because they were accusing each other and he just shut up and me and Jordan, me and my friend Jordan were just sitting there and ghost chat like, oh, this motherfucker's actually gonna get away with this. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, you were, yep, and I played right into it. Evil yep. clever bastard. Yeah, no, then. good times, good times. Yep, I can even remember, I forgot which one of, it, of them it was, but I had a clear chance to kill one of them and I was like, nope, 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 keep the feud going. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, if they, if they do shit right. like that, I think it has the potential to actually be a good show, but as of right now, I'm just kind of scratching my head on this one. Exactly. So, gentlemen, it's time to talk about the big news. Oh, you mean a certain uh, bird? Or is it a plane? I don't know. Nah, it's Superman. We have the casting for Superman and Lois for James Gunn's Superman Legacy. I gotta say, I'm excited for this. Yep. Me too. We have David Corn Sweat. Corn Sweat, which a uh, big Ryan Murphy actor. He was in the Politician, but yep, he was the he was he was the from. lead actor for the Politician. He played River. Uh, for those of you guys who are curious, yeah. I thought Ben Platt was the lead. Was it Ben Platt who played River? Oh wait, no, River was the boyfriend. Oh no, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, River, River was the other hot guy. Ben Platt was the Ben Platt was the main dude. Never mind. You're right. David was the lead in a different Ryan Murphy show that we actually covered in the podcast archive. Oh, cool. Hollywood. Oh, dude, that was a good show. Was he the one who played uh the the uh the in the closet actor? He was the lead. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Brian. Well, who's playing? Who's the actor playing Clark? Uh, David Cornswit. I, I had a funny joke, but I lost it. Um, I, I, when I saw his name, I, was, I knew his name, but like every time I read it, I get a good laugh because it's just like that sounds like a made-up yeah. last name. Yeah, it does. Cornswit. Yeah. Those things don't sweat, you silly goose. All yeah. right. So and, the uh, the lowest casting. Lois, you might have to help me with this name too, Jay. Yeah, you know it. All right. Oh, Rachel, Rachel Brosnahan. I think is how it said. She is fantastic. And this was the casting that got me the most excited because I love the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I talked about it on screen time. The show is over. We can't cover it now because it's five, it was a five season show and I don't want to put these boys through five seasons. But it was an amazing show. Tony Shalhoub did an amazing job as her dad. But like, dude, it was awesome. She has the energy, the sass, the fucking go-getter attitude that you would expect from a Lois Lane. And, you know, the guy who played uh, River in The Politician, uh, David Cornsweet. He, you can tell from Hollywood that he has this like very strapping action hero figure, but he can play the down to earth farm boy that uh, you know you would yeah. expect from Clark. So I'm very excited for both these castings. Yep, I've seen like two or three seasons of Miss Maisel, I think, and I completely agree. She's perfect. Uh, and like you said, with Hollywood, it was like she, we got to see parts of him, and so we know that he was this big must 
muscular dude who actually served in the military in the show, mm-hmm. and we saw a bit of that. But also, he could be a very mean character. Which yeah, he played. He played a. Uh, so Tony Trivia, if you're curious, Hollywood is this like alt future 1930s Hollywood, and uh, he played. I believe it was Clark Gable. Oh, so it's like a look at the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, like yeah, it, but it's an alt. 30s. It's an yeah. alt. It's an alt history version where you know gays were accepted in the 30s oh okay. where he actually where he actually got to come out and you know be loved for who he um, is that's interesting him he he played a he played a dude who really who was former soldier who dreamed about being a hollywood star but couldn't make it and then found his way to a gas station that provided other special services services. special services you know yeah special services you know the kind the guys you know knock on bathroom stalls for yeah you know particular congressmen can't really mention oh my well gotta do what you gotta do i guess i mean especially in the 1930s but minor spoiler we do follow his uh like trying to rise to stardom and yeah we see yeah uh, yeah and we see we see him change his name to clark gable um I will have to look into this because I find Hollywood back in that time to be a very fascinating. It's it's really cool. It really is. It's really cool, and it has it's like it has this like almost utopian look at the end because like I when me and Brian were watching it and you know we mentioned this in the episode that we got covered for the podcast, uh, but we thought it was gonna go the like the realistic angle where like you know he ends up like dead and alone and like. You know, it just ends up real sad, but like it's it has a very triumphant, happy ending, and and like you know, representation is actually fought for very early, like in the thirties. So I was I was just like, oh, so they're going like an if Hollywood was better angle. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, doesn't always have to follow certain things as long as it's feasible. Oh yeah, no, it, it wasn't like oh, it, yeah. it it didn't like break immersion or anything. It it just kind of you know surprised us because we were because mm-hmm. the whole time prior to this it was a very realistic showing the dark underbelly of you know gangster run 1930s hollywood okay yeah but it's kind of simple jay now that i think about it mm-hmm. so oh yeah why you like oshinoko so much oh yeah for sure for sure which shameless plug shameless oh don't worry I, uh, I, i'm i'm gonna plug it during screen time don't you worry about that but yeah continue right yeah i'm just gonna say that to end things off yeah and hollywood if people haven't seen it like tony is really good it's one of those things well first of all just a quick side note it also features jay's favorite trope like in tv the blonde bitch with a heart of gold oh yeah hell yeah dude that is my that's legit my favorite tv trope the bitch with the heart of gold and somehow it's almost always a blonde typically yeah and and also unlike other ryan murphy stuff it's clear he had a goal for one season did it and was done with it didn't try to franchise it didn't try to like do also more with it ruin a good thing also it is an acting tour de force my god the performances in this show are phenomenal definitely we'll have to give that a look oh but yeah it's on netflix definitely check it out okay. hey, yep. have you heard of this little nugget of information that i found absolutely amusing and i think jay might get a kick out of this too okay what is it guess what uh warner bros has been doing lately oh yeah you told me about this off mic go ahead it is so hilarious warner bros in an attempt to get people into seats are giving 
thing. Tickets to the Flash for free. Yeah, they they, they show they've shown like a bunch of free or uh, like early like quote unquote free early screenings and like the, the like they've been giving away press passes for the movie just so people will go fucking see this absolute train wreck. Um, yeah, it is hysterical. Which, by it's the way, uh, people at home, I would like to amend my statement prior. I don't think we're just. Gonna, I just think we're not going to cover this movie at all. After what I've heard about the cameos, especially the whole George Reeves situation, no way in hell. No way in hell. Okay, all right. But actually, Tony, you did remind me of something that I meant to say. It's like an amendment, amendment to the last story. Oh, really? And that's uh, and that's uh, the fact that uh, people theorized why they decided to do the announcement of Superman and Lois like this and not do like a big fanfare like Marvel usually does to get the heat to get the heat off of the Flash. Yep. <laughs> Makes sense. Good strategy. Uh, it worked which, for the most part. They're looking. Reports are saying that they're looking to lose two hundred million from the film. Yep. It yeah. was. Uh. It was. Look. It looked pretty expensive. Yep. Yep. And they. A lot of actors, even ones that you wouldn't even expect, like Tom Cruise, came out and gave it tons of praise. But still, he was probably paid. They probably. They probably gave a nice fat donation to the Church of Scientology. <laughs> so Tom yeah. Cruise was like, "All Probably. right." More unlikely. Probably. Also, apparently. Oh, sorry. Oh, good. All I was about to say was, do y'all know that Secret Invasion is out right now? Yeah, I, I heard. Did they like? Was it like leaked or like is it out? Out. It's out. 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 Oh shit! I didn't know. Cause like I I saw yeah. news about it. Uh, uh, like I I saw like a thumbnail for like a spoiler review. I thought that was just like a, a press screening. Like I saw it early, so here's my video. Nah. Oh shit! It's like six or eight episodes, so we can cover it soon. I think they said oh, it's an episode series, and from what I understand, because I'll be doing a bit of catch up on it myself, it looks like it's going to be an interesting tour de force. I mean, that trailer for it looked amazing, so I'm super hyped. Yeah. Indeed. I, I'm, I'm just curious, but yeah, that's all I had to say just to remind the fellas of something I found hilariously funny. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just the last thing about The Flash is apparently Apparently they showed a pre-screening of it at the date of CinemaCon this mm -hmm. last year, and they had the effect, and they said that the finish of the movie wasn't finished yet, so everybody thought that all the effects that were in it were just because they weren't done. Yeah. Yet apparently most of the effects still stayed the same from the screening. So my brother, my, so my brother watched The Flash, and you know what he told me, Brian? He told me that the effects for Barry in the movie were worse than the effects for Barry in the TV show. Oh, damn. And we know... Look, uh, I reviewed The Flash for years. One of my complaints from season three onward was how lazy they got with the animations that I literally learned how to make in Adobe After Effects. If you remember, yeah. I used to do little, like, special intros and outros for, like, the season finales for those shits, and I'd put, like, the running effect on. So if I, if my self-taught ass can do that with a $200 program, yep. what does that tell you about this fucking movie? I, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. But uh, maybe we'll do a screen time on it when one of us... Maybe. I mean, I, I might bite the bullet the out of curiosity. But uh, when it eventually comes to Max, as it will. But uh, anyway, that's it for news. Went a little long there, but we had a big story. Ah, that's fine. All right. So now, we're gonna go into trailer talk 
the section of the show where Brian gives us a curated list of trailers that we are going to react to off camera, then quickly return and give you our rapid fire thoughts on said trailers. So Brian, tell the folks at home what trailers we will be reacting to tonight. And also remember, I will be leaving a link to the playlist for you guys to watch for yourselves in the description down below. So if you want to pause the video right here, click that playlist and then, you know, react along with us, go ahead. But Brad, what trailers are we covering tonight? Yes, what do you have for us, you crazy goober? I'm not a fucking goober. He said goober. I said goober. Okay. God damn. Well, that's what happens when you don't speak up. Actually, I heard him, I heard him perfectly clear, so I'm not going to let you but get away anyway, with that one. Anyway, moving on, we're starting with one of the big trailers of the week, Challengers, which, if you haven't heard about it, is, they say, a possible run for Oscar for Zendaya. Is this Challengers of the Unknown, or is... Nope. Oh. Oh, see, well, my nerd hype died. I, I was like, are they actually making a movie for Challengers of the Unknown? I thought I was the only person who remembered this. Is, is this dude? the, uh, the Challenger-like shuttles? No, but dude, this will hit another thing for you, Jay. Your fan oh. thing is off. Okay. Your messy side, because oh? it, it's about a very, it's about a very messy love triangle within the uh, tennis world with Zendaya and two guys. Oh, is that the is that the trailer that went viral on Twitter of her like having a three-way? I saw a clip of the three-way on Twitter. I didn't watch the trailer, but I was wondering where this is from cuz my, my we yeah. while I was on vacation like yesterday, we were in the hotel and we were talking about like movies and shit and they're like uh, you know Zendaya's hoeing herself out she's out here she's out here fucking on screen now I'm like wait whoa, 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 whoa wait 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 what get the like, Zendaya fuck Okay, so full disclosure, I didn't realize it was uh, Zendaya throughout the entire thing. I was so enraptured, like, what the fuck am I watching? Interesting. I, watch I oh, cool. now, also, now I really want to see this trailer. I'm excited. Yeah, and also you see why he didn't recognize her, because there's a reason. Okay, that, interesting. And, leave that. and then uh, a movie called uh, Drive Away Dolls, which I never heard about till now, but it's going to be a road trip movie with two relatively unknown actors, but Pedro Pascal is in it in a supporting role is he a dad and he's got to be the dad he's gonna be somebody's dad no i think it's going back to his narcos days i believe oh okay. but but also it's um directed by one half of the cohen brothers okay. oh cool only one cohen brother interesting no, let's be fair jay we know for a fact that pedro pascal is just gonna be called daddy you and i both know i it. mean he he's got he's got some major daddy energy we're not okay. i'm not gonna hold you. I, I don't. I am not disagreeing here. Do you see any disagreement on my face? No, none at all. Exactly. But uh, next up, we've got Elio, which is uh, Pixar's next thing about a boy who uh, makes first contact with alien. Cool, cool. Okay. okay. Uh, then, it's probably uh, going to make survival. us cry like all Pixar movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then uh, Survival of the Thickest, which is an upcoming Netflix show. Excuse me? Female and medium. Oh, see, I had a whole nother vision in my head, and I yeah. could tell Tony was having a similar vision and that vision just died 
Damn. I heard that vision. But, uh, <laughs> next up... <laughs> yeah, from that. Oh? <laughs> See, this is the stuff you're missing out on, audio people. Because you heard the O, oh, but you didn't see Tony and I, like, simultaneously eyebrow raise. Like, what? You're missing out. And Watch the video first. Comedy gold right there. Yeah. Then a celebrity, which is an upcoming Netflix A-drama about a woman's rise to stardom and all the trouble that comes from it. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay. That sounds real interesting. Okay, let's, so let's keep our eyes and ears on it. And look, K-dramas have been doing pretty good for us, so you never know. Yeah. And then a J-drama called Burn the House Down, also by Netflix. Ooh. So, um, what's that one, Brian? It looks like it's going to be like a stalker mystery type thing from what I saw. That sounds okay. intriguing. Okay. Then switching up, switching up uh, to a completely different thing, but also Netflix, Captain Ball. What's that? It's an animated show about a dude who longs to be the captain of his own boat and finally gets that dream, only to find out that he's been set up to be the fall guy of a drug organization that is transporting drugs on said ship. Uh, Oof. That's a rough fucking deal. That sounds, that sounds hilarious, yeah. honestly. Uh, and it's got a spurting of a bunch of familiar faces, including uh, Christopher Maloney from Law & Order, but also okay. Harley Quinn. Yep. Alright. All right. And then uh, another DC actor, Mazikeen from Lucifer. Oh, shit! I love her. She's hot. Okay. And our lead, which is perfectly casted for a, like, person who's like a dupe, Jason Britter. Oh, <laughs> man. A.K.A. Dipper Pines. That's just great. Yep. Yep. And then lastly, I thought we'd do something a little bit different, which uh, harkens back to the origins of Jay's first channel. All right. And, th and that is uh, Marvel has released a trailer for the upcoming comic event called Fall of X, and I thought we'd give that a watch. Okay, cool. That's definitely different. I like it. Okay, I'm so... down. If I have to ask her to guess, they're killing off the X-Men again. Oh, also, just real quick side tangent for any of you comic nerds out there listening. Did you guys hear that bringing the Ultimate Universe back? And it's going to oh, yeah. be run by Jonathan fucking Hickman? Yeah, I actually heard that there's this event going on right now called Ultimate Invasion. Yeah. It's fascinating. I am excited. Jonathan Hickman doing the Ultimate Universe? Fuck yeah. Yeah. But this could interesting ramifications now that you think about it oh yeah and they could finally give miles his own fucking you know place where he's not just a second banana to peter parker uh, or would that even happen exactly you never know we'll see but yeah because now he's probably feeling the tug of two different worlds maybe but yeah we'll see uh th yeah those are some good trailers i'm excited to uh, you know see what they uh, see what they're about so folks pause the video check out that playlist watch those trailers for yourself and then we'll be back momentarily with our rapid fire thoughts we will see you guys shortly after this word from the sponsors that we do not have And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. So, we have some trailers to discuss. What did you guys think of this batch of trailers? Entertaining as uh 
So let's get the rundown. Let's start with Brian. Brian, what's that standout trailer for you and your honest opinion? Well, um, honestly, I think the best one is the one that I regrettably have already seen, which was the uh, the Champions trailer. Oh, oh, the Challengers. Yeah, um, Champions. That was Challengers. That, that yeah. was that, that was a saucy trailer. Yeah. I'm leaving that in, by the way. I'm I'm just uh, I'm gonna leave it in just because. All right, good. good. That was. But yeah, Challengers. That was definitely a saucy trailer. Oh, yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, hello. What are you? Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, right after that, I would have to say it's uh, that Disney Pixar film. It was pretty entertaining. Oh, yeah. That looks fun. I can, it, it, it had a lot of good humor in it. I want to see what part's going to make me cry. Yeah. Well, um, if I'm not mistaken, he's being raised by a single mother who we saw in that brief second. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the single mother is played by, played by Gina Rodriguez. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay, and it looks like she's in the military. So that's yeah, so it's on some like Area 51 type shit. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I got to give it to Captain Fall. I really want to see what they're going on with that. But Captain Fall ones. looks funny. Uh, Probably the standout trailer for me was Celebrity. Oh, yeah. And I am the biggest surprise. very mm -hmm. intrigued. That had a super interesting twist that they were that was revealed in the trailer. Not going to talk about it because like we are probably going to cover this on the podcast very soon because oh, yeah. some slots have opened up recently we'll talk again we'll talk about that more towards the end but uh Look, yeah Chima looks great as well oh yeah 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 burn the house down also mm -hmm. a very intriguing premise yeah i'm really curious to know what's going on with that uh drive away dolls i'm very curious to see what's going on with that oh yeah that yeah. that looks like a that looks like a very fun movie it looks very much like it gives me Thelma and louise meets fargo yeah. To be honest, it feels very Tarantino-esque, if you catch my drift. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it also just feels like a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. Oh, yeah. For even sure. if it's just Coen Brother. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. And, and also, even though it's part... Sorry. It's okay. I mean, getting a sad cast and all this crazy stuff, it's bound to be good. Oh, yeah. Sorry, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially Man of the Hour, Pedro Pascal. Every, uh, everybody's favorite dad. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or daddy. Or both. Or both. Uh, yeah, I, both is good. I mean, yeah. being called daddy, so... He, if he fully yeah. embraces it, it's, no, it's, it's hilarious. Oh, fuck yeah, it's great. Yeah. Have you seen those compilations of that man just talking about his illicit drug usage? Oh yeah, it, it's really funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, he even said in an interview, like in a late night talk show, that uh, when he uh, got the uh, announcement that he was going to be Joel, he then like took an Ambien or something and thought the whole thing was a dream and he got accepted. Oh, that's uh, funny. Oh, hell yeah. It's like uh, one of our favorite uh, stories from a friend of ours uh, named Steve. Steve, if you're out there in the ether, man, we miss you, buddy. We miss you, man. Oh, yeah, Steve. Oh, he loves sharing the stories. So for those of you who don't know, comics writer uh, Grant Morrison is a very unique individual. Oh, I know the story he's talking about. Oh, this is a fun one. I'll let this one go. So, uh, in summation, you could say that Grant Morrison is trying to make breakthroughs while being high as fuck wearing a towel on his head. Like a swami. He specifically <laughs> mentioned in like the story, a like a swami. Like a swami, yes. And let's be honest here, folks. Our, our, our boy Steve may not be the most, uh, what's the word we're looking for Personable? <laughs> yep personable he, he tells it like it is oh yeah no he yeah he's he's very blunt oh man i still steve if you're out there i miss your uh i miss your bro
bread lady stories. Tony, you remember you remember his story? Oh, I He's, remember oh. my bread lady. Yeah. I remember. Oh god, his work stories were fucking gold. Dude, it, it made me think like, man, grocery stores have are are a crazy place. <laughs> Because he would they tell really us all like, these shenanigans right. that would happen at the grocery store he worked at at the time. Seriously though, Steve, we miss you, buddy. If you if you yeah. somehow come across this video, uh, mm -hmm. you know, hit us up sometime. Yeah, yeah. and uh, one of the things that uh, we used to talk about with Steve is comic books, which speaking of... Oh yeah, that trailer. Oh yeah, that's right. It looks really interesting. There's a lot of shit going on. Uh, Tony marrying Emma Frost. I mean, Diamond Pussy man i'm i'm not mad at you yeah 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 we, we... kurt wagner as a spider-man right I mean, he's flexible enough to do so i mean that prince that prehensile tail hello and he and, and he and he already does kind of walk on walls because he, he does that with his like you know uh like are, are they considered webbed but like his weird like his weird feet his weird demon hands and feet yeah yeah, yeah i mean they're not technically webbed yeah i was like and... i don't i don't know what you technically call those but yeah yeah I... uh demon feet let's call, just go it's, it's a it's a it's a cool it's a definitely a cool design for sure i'm curious to see how that goes and bringing back like somewhat forgotten teams like alpha force oh yeah alpha flight which alpha was flight. like relegated to being carol dan versus flunkies for a little oh, bit oh god i feel bad for that super team they're, can they're candidates for mere super team why would you do them dirty like that? apparently marvel just apparently people at marvel just hate canada sorry our canadian friends out there blame canada Blame Canada. We're oh not man! Against Canada, okay, folks. I mean, look, I, 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 I love America's hat. All right. Indeed. Perfect snowcap. Come on. And, you know, th th they've made some of my favorite TV shows of all time. I am still a hardcore Degrassi fan. Um, and they also gave us some of our favorite people. Ryan Reynolds. Yep, yeah, Ryan Hello. Reynolds. Uh, our, our our good friend Mayumi over on Twitch. Uh, she She's Robin one. Robin Yeah, too. Robin Shabatsky. Yeah, yeah. Even if Robin pissed me off in later seasons. Fuck yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of the show everybody pissed me off. Fair enough. Everybody pissed me off the entire show. Ah. <laughs> uh, but, but okay, and also, here's something very interesting that from this whole trailer, the whole shenaniganery, mm -hmm. is the villains in that are all the tech based supervillains. And I mentioned this while we were watching, uh, like a little after yeah, yeah. and Brian was just out. I wanted to yeah. get his thoughts on it because we see, like, fucking modok and his 24 head yeah i'm glad it's i'm glad they didn't adopt uh modok's mcu design Ugh. and uh he's not with aim he's with orchid yeah so i can kind of explain orchid for a quick tldr orchid is this evil technological conglomerate that is directly going against beasts who on his end of things is doing a bunch of shady shit with technology, including mind controlling an entire country with a sentient plant virus. God damn, Hank! What the fuck? Yeah, plant. Uh, yeah, Hank has gone mad with power, and he's been. It, I heard that. He's like it's just straight up evil now, and uh, so the villains are like, "Well, you're not gonna cut us in on this technology uh, pie here. You're gonna ho you're gonna hoard all this awesome tech for yourself just so you can get your autonomy as a nation or whatever. Well, we're gonna steal this shit. So that's what they're doing. Also, I don't know why, but Tony Suit now incorporates uh, fentanyl technology. Yeah, curious. I wonder, even though he's marrying a mutant. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that helps him smash. Probably. I mean, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't put. It, I wouldn't put it past Tony. Would not put it past Tony. I mean, if you want to fucking drill for diamonds, you fucking drill for diamonds, there, Tony. You do you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to make another joke, but I feel like, you know, if we want monetization in the future, I should not make it. So I'm just going to leave and it I alone. Think, and I think the closest we can get without demonetization was what Tony said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the safest bet. For sure. But that was trailer talk. Definitely, uh, if you guys have any particular thoughts on any of those trailers that are in the playlist, feel free to leave them in the comments down below and you'll get featured in the next comment corner. Ladies and gentlemen, let's... <laughs> time. All right, folks, this is the segment of the podcast where we all go through uh, bits of media that we have consumed in between podcast episodes that can range from everything between books, manga, TV shows, anime, movies, and so much more. So I'm going to kick it off uh, with a plug for something that is coming up. And if you're watching this video, should already be out by then. We actually, and by we I mean Tony and myself, uh, just did our first episode of Channel Chasers Mini Weeb Edition. And in this first episode, we covered Oshinoko Season 1, which just wrapped up as of recording this uh, podcast episode. And boy, was it a fantastic season. Uh, you will see our scores and deeper thoughts in the video itself, so I'm not really going to go into it here. Uh, we don't actually spoil anything for that show in that video. This is, it was all just kind of positive praise of what the show does well without actually diving deep into the plot. So it's safe for anybody who just wants to see if the show is worth watching. And I gotta say, personally, we started off our rating with Weep Edition very strong. Yeah, and honestly guys, like, the thing that surprised me the most, especially because it was me and Tony that were involved in the video, we stayed on track the entire time. I did not have to edit out tangents. Wow. The entire time, my people. It's a 26-minute video, so it is chunky for a review, but trust me, it could have easily been an hour long. It's spoilers, granted. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, uh, other stuff that I have uh, been consuming, I finished two audiobooks. Uh, I finished the Thrawn Alliances audiobook that I got with my credit from uh, this past month, uh, the sequel to the first Thrawn novel that I talked about uh, previously in screen time episodes that I was reading. And I literally got through this one in two sittings because it was just that good. Uh, this was a direct follow-up to the first Thrawn book. This takes place a few years later, and this actually takes place kind of in the middle of the Star Wars Rebels era, era because he references the fact that, you know, he took on Kanan Jarrus and the Phoenix Squadron and they managed to escape. He references the episode with the Bendu and stuff like that. So that stuff has already happened. And in this novel, basically Thrawn and Vader are teamed up together by the Emperor to deal with a particular threat. And we get to see both like Thrawn and Vader's current interactions 
and Thrawn and Vader when they first met when Thrawn was Anakin. And we actually get to see like Thrawn piecing together. This guy acts very familiar. And so like him actually piecing together the secret that Vader is Skywalker is a, a big part of it. It's really cool. The characterization of Vader is amazing. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. Nice. The Very other thing that I also would highly recommend connects to another show that we praise highly on the podcast before as well, and that is chapter three or part three of the Audible Sandman audio drama. The final portion of the story that covers, I think, the last six volumes of the series. My god, this is phenomenal. I've loved it from the start. You know, I can't praise it enough. The voice cast they got for this radio play podcast was absolutely amazing. They got freaking, you know, James McAvoy as Morpheus. Phenomenal. Kat Dennings actually makes an amazing death. Uh, she, she brings all this bubbly, vibrant energy that, you know, you would expect from death. Desire is very good as well. Um, you know, all, all the Endless are pretty awesome. Uh, the, the actor who voices Old Hob is really cool. It's a really great radio play. And if you love the comics or you don't have time to collect all the comics, this is a great way to consume Sandman because it literally is just them voicing out the comics. So it's a lot of fun. The music is really great. Would highly recommend it if you have an Audible subscription. Audible, we all use your service. I'm going to keep saying it. Look, we're here. We're ready. Just tell us and, you know, we, we, we will make a code and everything. We will plug the hell out of you. You're already getting a lot of free advertisement from me in screen time. So hit us mm -hmm. up. So the other things that I have uh, watched uh, in between podcast episodes, I watched three movies, uh, two of which were movies that my dad recommended uh, that feature our boy, the God of Thunder himself, Mr. Chris Hemsworth. The two extraction movies, which are these like um, mil uh, military ops movies oh, yeah. that are on Netflix. Both of them are awesome. He does a great job in them. It was a lot of fun watching those. Uh, and the other movie I checked out uh, in direct reference to this show because I hadn't seen it yet and I found out it was on HBO Max. I watched Godzilla vs. Kong, which was very yeah, fun. Nice. I was meaning to watch that. Yep. So I'm the only one who actually watched it when it came out at the time. Yeah. I, okay, I gotta say this. As someone who loves his kaiju movies, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed Legendary Pictures, Godzilla vs. Kong. It was such a fun Oh, film. yeah. It, I mean, it's not as fun as Godzilla vs. Kong, the Toei version, made back in, like, the 60s. Oh, that was awesome. That shit is hilarious. And it it's relevant to what we're going to be talking about. It's two motherfuckers in rubber suits go uh, like just going at it. it... No, 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 no. I'm talking about just uh, in that movie, Kong fights a fucking giant octopus. That was oh yeah, he does. That's right. And that octopus, poor that green screen effect. I mean, it was back in the 60s and 70s. It was poorer then. Yeah. And it's poor now, but it, it's great regardless of how bad it looked. 
it's perfect which leads us to something we will be talking about when we talk about skull island proper for sure but brian uh what pieces of media have you been consuming in between podcast episodes okay so first of all i finished lower decks the star trek animated show it was really good i was wrong last week when i described it because it's about a different even class of ship from like star trek so it's not even like the orville it's like the orville when you hear about like the other lower ships that they talk about never really show this is about the california class where they deal with second contact, like delivering on promised goods, making peace treaties. That's actually sure pretty people. interesting, like in terms of like a world building kind of setup. Definitely. It is, and uh, the lead the lead of the ship is uh, the lead for like normal people that you see in Star Trek are the the captain who is voiced by uh, what's his name's wife on uh, Futurama. And, oh, Hermes' and, wife. Hermes. Yeah, Hermes, sorry, I'm brain farted. And then uh her number one is uh Jerry O'Connell, who uh oh, cool. some old school people might know him from uh Lighters, but more recently he's known for a while there he was the Superman in the uh animated universe movies when they were all connected. Like Yeah, when it was the new fifty two stuff, yeah. Yeah, he was their Superman. And he did a pretty good job. He did. Here he's more here he's more of a gem rat bro, but like played up for laughs. And then her uh her chief medical officer who is a cat folk woman. Okay. And she's not played up sexy. She actually curses like a sailor. Like, get the fuck out of my way. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and all of that. But also, since the show has a certain rating, they bleep most of it. And oh, sometimes okay. she'll just she'll just go on tirades where she gets angry and she's like, bleep, 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 son of a bleep, 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 to the bleep, bleep. <laughs> and, nice. And then uh, they have their, uh, their uh, tactical officer, who is a male Bajoran, if you know what that means. But, um, voiced by Rod Tattacher. Oh, Hulk. Yep. He's a big, beefy dude with gray hair who always is, like, violence first, but has, like, that heart of gold-type personality. You know, stuff that Fred Tattacher is known for, but... So Hulk. Dialed up to the end. Like, but, like, dialed up to the end. Like, me punchy, but also, how is your wife today? Yes, and also, me punch, but me also get out all of my emotions by doing pot. Oh, interesting. I bet the uh, Hulk could make uh, some pretty great good, pottery. It's a good hobby. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the main crew of the ship. But and though they are cast members of the show, they're like secondary characters. Okay. Where we follow the main crew, which is uh, they're all ensigns, like the lower tier. Mm -hmm. Like you know how they all have stars. Yeah. And yeah. Four stars. They're one star. So um, I can't help but chuckle at that because I play a lot of gotcha games. And I'm just oh, like yeah. one stars. Right. Oh, but uh oh, no. but yeah, you have you have your cocky, run off the cuff, uh perp type woman who's a badass but loves breaking rules and the only reason why she's still in Starfleet is because uh her parents work for Starfleet. Ah, a nepo oh, yeah. baby. Nepotism. Yeah, yeah. And then uh you've got the uh studious wannabe nerdy wants to rise up the ranks. And this is the one that is so are, voiced by Jack Quaid. So are they the ass from, uh, Is Huey the ass kisser? The voice. Probably. A yep, yep, and Ensign Boimler. Brad Boimler. That is That's his name. the most nerd-ass name I have ever heard in my life. Boimler. 
I wa I want to give that yeah. dude a wedge. I am a pale as fuck heart ginger white boy. I want to give that motherfucker an atomic wedgie. And uh, then there's a uh, Tengi who is the uh, the secondary lead female who is the medical ensign, but uh. She's actually the erased Orion, which is the same as the classic uh, green lady that we mentioned before with Kurt. Ah, uh -huh, okay. Okay. But uh, she wants to, like, live past the stereotypes of her race. And of being of being sexy, scantily clad. So she's, is she like a hello nurse type? No, but she is a badass who is funny and also nerdy. I'm just saying, because Hello Nurse, if you guys don't remember from uh, her actual song in Animaniacs, she has a full-on PhD and is pretty hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, also, the thing is, sorry. No, you're fine. I was done. Oh, I'm good. The thing is, is um, in the surfer world, Orions are known for being the second, but they're also known for being just infamous space pirates. And all they ah. do is plunge and pillage, so... They just want that boot. So, she's kind of a little bit against that, but she, like, has the classic story arc of uh, learning to embrace that side of her somewhat. Ah, okay. And then the last one is the uh, engineer ensign, who is Rutherford, voiced by Casey from Loki. Oh, cool. Interesting. And and he's a, he's a cyborg, but he's not like full on Jordy where it's like all over his eyes. He just has one eye where there's a screen oh, okay. above it. Kind of like a Dragon Ball counter that's infused to oh, his Oh, so he has a scouter. He has a scouter over which eye, right or left? I don't, I think his right. Interesting. Okay. But uh, anyway, it, it glitches and messes up all the time. I've like, always wanted a there, scouter. There's one episode where it keeps having an error screen and he keeps like walking into walls. Ooh, that poor fuck. That oh, that sucks. Fuck. But, uh, but, uh, those four are our leads. So sometimes the main, like, captain and her people will go off and have, like, this big, giant adventure while we're following these guys. And so it's just, like, the off-the-story B-plot. Oh, okay. So, like, main series is you guys are just the B-plot in every A-plot episode for us, you know? It, it, it's kind of interesting kind of but but yeah it's really cool and embraces a lot of tropes and a lot of things of star trek like i mentioned well um i didn't mention this it has a lot of um cameos too like one of my favorites is Riker shows up does he do the pose oh my god yes Oh, hell yeah. Oh, of course, he had to do the pose. This, this is Captain Riker, where he's like full on let to do his own thing. Nice. Like actual captain. All right. Yeah, but then there's also other cameos too. Uh, Q pops up a couple times. Uh -huh. where it's like, of course, fucking course. Where it's just like they've made it a joke now where it's like, what happened to so and so? Was it Q again? Oh, and stuff man. like that. And uh, they definitely address, address all the tropes and stuff. And it's really good. Like, I really enjoy Are it. Are they all well, red shirts? Are there any red shirts in this main, in this main um, cast? The kick ass and the rebel are red. Huh. But. Of course they are. The other two are yellow and blue. Okay. But but yeah, um, I would suggest us 
covering this, except for the fact that it's one of those shows where they will tell, like, season-long plot that comes up at the beginning and at the end, but most of it is just one-off episodes. And also, and most with, and also with comedies, like, explaining the joke doesn't mean, uh, makes it less funny. Yeah, it, it, it... I guess so, but also, the thing is, this is one of those where it's, like, case of the week type things. Because yes. what they're doing is they're kind of sort of trying to do, like, a little spoof on, like, The Office and stuff, where it's just, like, a workplace comedy. Oh, gotcha. They don't ever talk to, they don't ever talk to the camera or anything, but it's just, like, this is what it's like a day in the life of these people. Like, sometimes they're off doing this great space stuff, but sometimes they're just cleaning off from the previous adventure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And it's really cool. I would go into more detail, but I've taken too long. I've only I've seen one other thing, and that was, uh, Tony, I saw Rimfield. Oh, you did? What'd you think? Yup. You... It's on, uh, Peacock. <laughs> you, saw, you, you saw what I saw, right? You, you get what I'm trying to Yep. Yep. Nicholas Cage is mm-hmm. full-on Nicholas Cage, like, um, where, um, him as Spider-Man you are is, like, one side of Nicholas Cage. This is the other side of him going full Nicholas Cage. Oh, that's awesome. It, it's fucking beautiful. And did you... You and also did you see what I saw with the whole Belugosi uh local resemblance in uh oh yeah Nick's performance? I mean, he has a similar facial structure and everything, so it makes sense. So good, so good, yeah, yeah. He and the makeup department, damn, like I don't want to even get into detail because of spoiling, but uh, definitely some stuff where oh, like damn, the makeup department, Tony, you know what I mean. Oh, fuck yeah. I know exactly what you mean. But it, it was really good. Also, I don't know if I knew this or not, but, uh, damn it, I forgot his name now, but dude from, uh, from Parks and Rec who's Sonic the Hedgehog now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's in it. Oh, cool. That's like a secondary villain. Oh, so that's who that fuck nugget crime mafioso was. Okay, I understand now. Yep. Dan. Yep, he was kind of like... He was kind of like a secondary villain for Aquafina. Yeah, he was weak as fuck. Even when... But he was funny. He was funny. He was funny. And... I would definitely like to see some combination of those four, including Nicholas Holt, who was amazing as a lead character. I would love a combination of those four (laughs) actors in something else. Yeah, it looks fun. It, the trailer looked really fun. I'm, now that you tell me it's on Peacock, I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. And I think this is this might be my second favorite um, performance from Aquafina. Number one is still Shang Chi. I was about to ask. Nah, you. my favorite from her is Crazy Rich Asians. Shang Chi is probably number oh. two. I don't think I've seen Crazy Rich Asians. You should. It's a great movie. I've heard. I just never got around to it. But um, but yeah, Renfield. Rayfield is really good. Tony already went into detail, so I won't go into too much detail. But like I said, it was really good. I really liked it. Um, the writing and the acting was great. Uh, it was honestly probably the funniest movie that I've seen all year. Oh, that's high praise. Uh, but all right. Yeah. Well, 2023 movie. Like yeah, I got it. Came you. out in 2023. But. 
and it makes me excited because uh, the director is actually fairly new. Oh, um, he did uh, the Tomorrow War with uh, Chris Pratt, but he's most notably known for his first feature-length uh, movie, and that is Lego Batman. Oh shit! I love Lego oh, Batman. That's, that that movie was amazing. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yep. And uh, he's actually one of the movies that he supposedly got that's in the works is a Johnny Quest movie, and I can't wait to see that. Oh, cool. I, I am interested to see what they do with that. They gotta get... I, they need to get the guys who did Venture Brothers to write for that movie. Please. Listen, uh, folks. Give us what we fucking want. God damn it. Don't, don't make things complicated and difficult. We just want something. Well, please. They might want to do something good, but but different from Venture Brothers, because Venture Brothers is itself a Johnny Quest parody. Oh, and Venture Brothers is getting its own movie. Uh, it does have a trailer out. Cap mentioned it before. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check that one out. Uh, before we jump into Tony's screen time, I did realize that I forgot uh, a show that I, uh, that I watched that I, I would like to uh, mention in uh, screen time. So, uh... Big shout out to our boy David, iKingDavid95D. Uh, I actually uh, hopped into a uh, like watch along reaction stream with him on his Twitch channel, and one of the shows that we watched, uh, aside from Oshinoko uh, in the English dub, was the latest episode of Hell of a Boss, which is actually the season one finale of Hell of, the, of Hell of a Boss, which was delayed for a while because of legal issues. And they had a huge guest star for this particular episode of Hell of a Boss playing a female version of Beelzebub. And uh, she is like, the theming for her, her she is named Beelzebub. And she she is like, her design is very like, Bee-like aesthetically. She has like the, the legs and the singer and shit, but she also has this like kitsune vibe to her. She has like a fox face and like extra tails and shit. It looks awesome, but it gets better because she is voiced by none other than Kesha. Motherfucking Kesha. Nice. What? And the song that she did, Cotton Candy, was an absolute banger. It sounded like classic nice. Kesha, like Timber, TikTok era Kesha. What? It was amazing. What? Guys, yeah. guys, like I have praised the fuck out of Hell of a Boss for a while, but like I unapologetically love Kesha both, you know, when she first came out and now that she's free to be herself. But that was such a nice surprise. Literally, I was watching it, and she started talking, and I'm like, she sounds really familiar. She sounds just like Kesha. I'm like, there's no way they actually got Kesha, though. They probably got some impersonator. And then uh, we get to the credits at the end with special guest Kesha and Beelzebub. I was like, oh my god, it really was Kesha? What? Uh, dude, that was amazing. Go watch it, you guys. Support Hell of a Boss. It's an independently made animated series, completely funded by the fans, put out on YouTube. Go watch it, please. It's amazing. 
Also, where the fuck is Hasbin Hotel? That shit's been. I, I've been waiting on that shit for so long, and the next part, the next episode has not come out. I, I want to know what's going on. Anyways, that's it for my screen time for real this time. Tony, what do you have for us this week? Just a couple of things, just a couple of things. Uh, we already talked about Oshinoko. Uh, obvious plug is obvious. Uh, check that shit out when it is available. One thing that I would like to say, uh, as a part of what was initial programming for this podcast, I checked out the first season of Superman and Lois, and I have opinions on that shit. I'm excited to hear them when we do the Superman and Lois episode, for sure. Yep, I decided to take a bit of a small break from season two because I felt uncomfy. And uh, you'll understand why I felt uncomfy when we talk about it in said actual discussion for that show. And then continuing on that superhero train, I decided just on a whim to replay the PS4 Spider-Man game. But not just that, but I also I just decided to play Miles Morales' uh, story again. Had a great time with it. Nice. Took me a while to actually reacclimate myself to the controls, but hey, say la vie. Understandable. Incredibly entertaining. Also, I gotta say, man, watching certain things just pop out of the ether and people just have the most interesting and ridiculous hot takes I will ever hear on the face of this internet, you know? Oh, yeah, for if sure. You know, you know. Some of y'all are fucking stupid. I mean, just last week, y'all went on a whole thing about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, that review that review was terrible. Like, so th those are some major, major, like, atomically hot takes. Those were, uh, uh, would you say that they were Swamp Thing or Man Thing levels of toxic? For sure. They were fucking Simpsons Radioactive Man levels of toxic. Oh, no, not Simpsons Radioactive Man. Oof. You have to make the distinction because Marvel has its own radioactive man. Mm -hmm. And what about uh, what about Toxic Avengers? I, you know, that's he, also he, a fair he, comparison. Yeah, fair comparison, fair comparison. But one thing is for sure, if you want to talk about anything that you want to bring back, because I checked out a very, I had a little thought experiment to myself. You know what? Alternate universes are fun. You know what I did? Went down the amalgam rabbit hole again. Oh after man, so many years. Good times. Oh, Dark Claw oh, yeah. was still really cool. I think Dark Claw was a dope concept. Yeah, but one thing is for sure to if they brought it back in this day and age shit would be fuck wild oh yeah for sure oh yeah and here's a question i will pause to you folks both the ones here on panel and the one in the folks at home if you had to choose one marvel and one dc character to for a new reboot of the malcolm universe which two would you choose then what all right which you to tell let us start with do 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 brian luckily for you just have to choose one marvel character and one dc character are they have to have similar power sets similar backstories and comparable rogues gallery to make things a little bit more easier that you said to make things easier that kind of well i mean storm and wonder woman aren't comparable and they became a thing uh, they became a fusion very true very true jay is right so you could just pull things out of the ether that you think you can literally do what the, the the people who made that did and pull combinations out of your ass or a hat yep. or mm -hmm. an ass hat <laughs> ass hats amazing well, shit. Um, I feel like I should insert some copyright-free Jeopardy music here, but 
Which I'm I'm just gonna leave the silence just yes. uh, j j just because it's palpable. Yes, the silence is palpable. We're letting our man cook. They're they're not comparable, and they're arguably my favorite from each. But I think it would be cool if we got something like Spider Wing. Oh. Uh, Peter, uh, so Nightwing and Spider-Man? Interesting. Okay, uh, elaborate on that, Brian. No, I mean, they are comparable. They're both, like, quippy... They're, they're, they're both quippy 30-somethings who aren't... Quippy, uh, agile stuff. Oh, that means Peter would have, like, the best... Like, the super best button comics. Because he already has... Arguably, he has the best button Marvel, if you've seen a lot of his covers. Mm-hmm. Also, we've seen now in Across the Spider-Verse what could happen if someone with, like, ballet dance training got spider powers. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Spider-Gwen. What about someone who's already had acrobatics training? Oh, yeah, true, uh, true. Okay, but here's the real question here. Would it be Dick Parker or Peter Grayson? I like Peter Grayson. Yeah, same. Uh, perfect. Dick Parker leads to a lot of jokes. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. Unintentional comedy. Fucking beautiful. Yeah, I'd like to park her. Exactly. That's a, I'm glad she thought of the exact same joke that instantly came to my mind when Tony said that name combination. Uh, uh, for me, uh, for me, this one is a shout out to all the furries out there. I'm going to go ahead and combine Tigra with... I'm going to go ahead and combine... Uh, actually, no, I, I think the, the proper combination to go... DC and Marvel would be, I would combine Cheetah and Black Cat. Okay, interesting. So, it would be Black Cat with the, you know, sexy Cheetah powers, and you know, she would also still have her black, uh, her, like, bad luck abilities, which are often forgotten about. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, put her up against other, like, avatars of different deities of, like, luck, misfortune, shit like that. I think that could be really cool. Okay, okay. I see you, I see you. Alright. Yeah, and, uh, for, uh, for, uh, just real quick, for, uh, whatchamacallit, for, uh, Peter Grayson, I do imagine him going like kind of like more of the Miles Spider villains, where it's more down to earth, animal theme type stuff. Okay, okay. I All also right. think Night Spider is a is is a good name combination as well. Oh, I like that too, Night Spider, because uh, it's funny that you bring up uh, Spider Man and Nightwing there, Brian. Because I have something very interesting for you, gentlemen. All right, let's hear it. Picture it, if you will. New Gotham City. All right. Activating imagination machine. In an alley that's called Hell's Alley. In this part of the city, it is protected by its own guardian devil. Made from the idea to put the fear of God in criminals. A billionaire lawyer by day. A crime-fighting vigilante by night. Matthew Wayne is the bat devil. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> That's like so. That's so simple and straightforward, but so cool. Yeah, got it, gentlemen. Combining the Joker and Wilson Fisk. Oh, the King Clown Ooh. of Crime. Yes, exactly. That sounds terrifying. Exactly. Yes. The point. 
think about it. You can have similar origins where, Bru well, Matt Wayne in this case, yep. loses his eyesight in an accident when his parents were gunned down and was taken in by a boxer that trained him, that treated him like a his own son. And then he hires that boxer to be his butler? Yes, in a way. Interesting. A battling Jack Pennyworth. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. I, I'd be... Nice. I'd be down. I'd be down for this. Alright. All the uh, bat-themed gadgets. It would be stripped down to just the usage of the billy club and the batarangs. All right. Nice. And there is a connection between Matt and Peter. So. And having interesting street-level heroes become members of this version of the Bat family. Hello. Yeah, that could be. That could be super dope. Oh yes. Although. I got a question for you. How would you feel about Electro Quinn? That would be very interesting. That I would love to see. Oh man, that would be great. Because yeah. uh, interesting thing about Matt, you some of his villains are very comparable to Bruce's. They are. And you could do a lot of things. I know the typical thing is to do Bullseye and the Joker. Well, that's not fun. Yeah, that's not as creative. King. The King Cloud of Crime just sounds awesome. Yeah, and even more terrifying. And I think combining Bullseye with Slade Wilson is a much more interesting. You want to know what I think is a better combination than uh, Electra and Harley Quinn? What what what, what about what about this? Think about uh, now. Picture this, right? Y you got a psychiatrist who develops psychic abilities and start and. You know, eventually her own powers drive her insane. And then she starts going by the name of Typhoid Harley. I love it. Interesting. I love it. I love it. Interesting. And it would be a lot easier to combine Talia and Electra. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking as well. Electra Al Ghul. Nice. Oh, man. Mm. But we'll leave that question for you folks at home. Give us your combinations and the little interesting stories you would tell with those combinations. Dude, we might we might do yeah. this. Shit, we might do this as a fan fiction later. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, I just want to point out something. All right. The universe give it and the universe take it. You didn't have any side tangents in that one video. So now you have all the side tangents. Fair enough, but guess what? I'm leaving yes. these side tangents in because these are interesting side tangents. Because now that we've had those side tangents out of the way, let's get to the discussion proper. Yes. Let us talk about Skull Island. Dun dun dun. King Kong! Ain't got shit on me! I know that's training day, but still, I I've always wanted to yell that at something. Gentlemen, have you ever felt like a plastic bag? Drifting through the wind, waiting to start again? Well, every so often, but that's not the point I'm trying to make here, Jay. The point I'm trying to make <laughs> is that the ocean is a terrifying Dude, mistress. this is exactly why I have a deep-seated fear of water that I cannot see the bottom of. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, yes, this, show can, this show confirmed that fear for me, and I'm like, no, this fear is not irrational. This fear is completely rational. Because that shit is fucking scary. So, guys... You dealing with sea monsters? Fuck no. This is going to be our spoiler-free section, so don't worry about it. We are just going to talk about our initial thoughts about the show. 
and we'll give you guys our standard cursory warning when we're going to jump into spoiler territory. And if you just want to skip to the spoilers, I will leave a uh, chapter there for you to just jump right to it if you're interested in hearing our full spoiler discussion. But let's start Lord. with Brian. What did you think about the show? You were the first to finish it, so how did you feel? It was far too short. What really good for what it was. Oh, and the other thing about a good monster thing that some people seem to like usually use as an afterthought sometimes is the fact that you have to have a good like person story to go along with it. And it was really good. It takes a while for them to build up to meeting the king himself. And that build-up is worth it, and the stories are really good, and I really enjoyed it. And I love how they took a time for uh, one episode in particular to veer off and do, like, a flashback with none of the normal human characters. Oh, yeah. I, that was actually, I think, my favorite episode of the show uh, in, oh, for this season great. in particular. Yeah. And it was really cool, and there were some really cool monster designs. I know it reminded me a bit of, like, Pokemon meet, if y'all remember this older show, Monster Rancher. Yeah, I, I also Monster played the video game. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, was, it was really cool. And also, one other thing that I don't know if y'all know about this show is that it's done by WB Animation, mm -hmm. but it's also done... Wait, WB? This C is... Isn't this legendary, though? Yeah. Oh, right. Legendary is Warner Brothers. That's why uh, That's why the, the Godzilla and Kong stuff are on HBO Max. Never mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, this is done by Warner Brothers Animation, but it's also done by the same animation that did Castlevania. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. That's what I thought, because it looked very much like so, Castlevania. Yeah, but also, the humans kind of reminded me a bit of uh, Young Justice, too. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I mean... So, I can kind of see it, but whatever they did, it's definitely very good and beautiful, and uh, they definitely, like, managed to make the uh, monsters look otherworldly, which was really cool, and... I know we're not getting into spoilers, but, but damn, dog was awesome. You know what it actually reminded me of? It reminded me of, uh, what's it, Godzilla Monster Island, the cartoon from the, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon from the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember. With fucking Godzuki. Yeah, and I love Godzuki. Godzuki's adorable. Flying. Yep. I love that guy. Love him. And... But in the spirit bond with King Kong? Yep. Mm -hmm. I remember something that was buckwild back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. There's this Godzilla animated series. Also a little bit of a Kong series too, where they fucking soul merge with the Kaiju. Oh yeah, I remember. I mean, that's the Kong. That, it was... Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. That shit was fucking awesome. And uh, yeah. but one thing I like about this show, mm -hmm. aesthetically fucking gorgeous. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, like the adult characters? Holy shit, they are fuckable. Right? They are jacked. Everybody's jacked. Cap is jacked. <laughs> Fucking Sam is jacked. Like, even yeah, even uh, Mike's dad was jacked. Which, uh, by the way, uh, as a fun fact, you made me think about it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. The uh, the Middle Eastern mercenary mm-hmm. is uh, voiced by uh, is voiced by what's his name? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. G- Gideon, uh, the the um, magic store seller from Vox Machina. Oh, cool. And, but the funny thing that is, so he was the the, the dude the dude who the the dude who uh, El Gilroy the, the dude who is always flirting with uh, Vex. Yeah. Uh, that is Gilmore, but yeah. More. Sorry, Gilmore. Sorry, but. Brain's kind of brats today, but uh, anyway, the the same voice actor who did Gilmore did that guy. And do you know what that guy's character name was? What? What was it, Brian? Handsome Merc. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, I would rather be Merc. known as Handsome Merc than Ugly as Fuck Merc. Or Crybaby Merc, who looked like he was straight out of, like, Ultimate Captain America, Ultimate fucking New Oh, yeah, you talking about the, the, bit, the bitch-ass dude with the glasses? No, I was talking about the bitch with the American flag tattoo on his arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked a bit scrubbed yeah, by the, uh, you, the, you know, what yep 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 so yeah uh, i can't prove it because i didn't find it online but that definitely sounded a lot like uh what's his name uh, jake from uh venture time oh john demasio it, it definitely uh, yeah it sounded a lot like john demasio wouldn't surprise me john demasio is in everything mm-hmm. guy though yep so i oh, yeah. i really enjoyed i really enjoyed the fuck out of the show uh as i was telling brian as i was watching it this shit flew by because I was so engrossed. And it it reminds me of Castlevania in the sense of this show does not fuck around. People die. Like frame one. People fucking die. You see blood and viscera and all that shit. So like Ooh, episode one. You do not wanna have you don't wanna sit down and watch this with the fam unless your kids are like 12, 13, and I'm sure that's okay. But like this was crazy the action was really good and like brian said they did something that is usually very difficult for animated shows where the larger than life character is you know the big draw and they made the human characters actually interesting and like people we cared about right like the biggest example of how shows have done a poor job of doing that or movies in the past is no further look no further than transformers in the good transformer series you actually care about the people that are teaming up with the autobots but in everything else the humans are just kind of fodder and get in the way might i I mention the infamous quote i am directly under the enemy screwed him. Ah, oh, man. Mm. Yeah. Nothing but booty shorts. But yeah. Absolutely. The no. humans were all very interesting. I love Annie. Mae Whitman is a treasure. I, You know, I've heard her voice a million times. She was April. She was Katara. She was Rose in the American Dragon's Week Long. Several other iconic roles. But uh, she was great as Annie. Her relationship with dog is absolutely adorable and a nice parallel with Kong and his backstory. Also, I want a dog puppy plushy ASAP. Baby dog is the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. Yes. It's like a big fucking pug. I want him now. He's like a pug with like a lion mane and spikes. It's so cute. 
Yeah. Like I said, give yeah. it to me now, please. Yeah, exactly. I will buy that merch day one if it drops. Buff up the product and I will give you my money. Exactly. Shut up and take my money already. Mm -hmm. Or if the new, as the young people know. Exactly. See that, audio people? You completely missed out on a joke because you can't see what Brian just did there. But also, one thing that I want to mention is much like what Brian mentioned, it has that slow burn to the actual like confrontation like in kaiju movies because that's what people don't realize when it comes to kaiju films. Someone who has a little bit of an intimate knowledge when it comes to those kinds of films, myself, the human characters are a bit superfluous in a way. They they just get the plot going. Oh yeah. They know it's all about the dudes in the rubber suits, or in this case, for legendary CGI, to beat the fuck out of each other. And I mean, that's what gets the butts in the seats. The less we talk about Godzilla talking to Anguirus in uh, when they fight Gigan and King Ghidorah, the better, because it's fucking nutty and hilarious. But. Kong, mm, perfectly used in this show. And it's perfectly, uh, they marketed it in such a way that it's focused on Skull Island itself and not just Kong. Because the ecology here on Skull Island is fucking weird. He has, a, and it. also, like, Kong has a lot of personality, even in the, like, the, the few frames that you see in the yeah. beginning before he's fully, fully shown. Like, he leaves you intrigued, like, you know, why is he acting like this? This is, this is interesting. I want to know more. But yeah, Tony's right. The fucking ecology on this island is wild. They got like fucking yeah. living diamond rock bugs. They got fucking aloe turtles. Perhaps the size of fucking cars. That, that look delicious. I want to eat it. I want to eat yeah. crabs. Those, Those are big meaty claws. Mm. Tasty. Also, fucking plants that will consume you whole. Oh man, they had they had a fucking oh, yeah. real life victory bell, like mm -hmm. wild. And a big. They even named it themselves, Alice in Wonderland. They looked like the Alice in Wonderland plant. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also, big fuck you bird. Oh yeah, that 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 bird that I thought was a phoenix at first, because it kind of looks like how like phoenixes are depicted in Harry Potter, with yeah, like the pink plumage and shit. This. Get this, yeah. You know what its name is what's its name? Hawk. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, in the flashback they called it Hawk. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also been taken by our yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 in like a symbiotic symbiotic relationship with Kong, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Which. Oh. Kind of like his sidekick. Yeah, and yeah. and actually in nature, gorillas also have like a, a a partnership with birds as well. Yeah, but you know what? My favorite little creature that was found. Well, one of my favorite creatures. Oh. Because, what uh, was it? I have a couple. The fucking plant hedgehog. Oh yeah. That got got by Kong in one episode. Ate him like he was fucking candy. Oh yeah, and then the uh like I I I thought those like. Uh, those lizards that Kong fought in the flashback oh, were also really the big cool. Ass the giant chameleons. Yeah. yeah. Those boys. Those boys were dangerous. Love them. Love those scaly guys. Alright, so, like, anything else spoiler-free you guys want to mention before we jump into the actual spoiler discussion? Would you recommend I mean, this to the folks no, at home? Yes. We would recommend this. Yes. Would, at least. But... And I will say this for the people at home who aren't staying to the spoilers. There is one or two more giant creatures that were awesome, but we can't really talk about without spoilers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
because they are just built different. absolute menace absolute menace <laughs> you will see in episode one i guarantee you you will know by the end of episode one if you're gonna like this show oh yes everything about this show the mysteries the intrigue what the fuck is going on on skull island that last question may not be answered right away, but all things come with time. Yep, but yep, let's yep. get into those spoilers. All right, folks, you heard the man. This is your obligatory warning. We are heading into spoiler territory. If you have not seen all eight episodes of Skull Island, please back away, add this video to your watch later, and then come back after you've seen the show, because we are jumping into spoiler territory. <laughs> Okay, now that the spoiler-free people are gone, let's just jump right into it. Holy fuck that giant squid! Man, was a menace, a terrifying creature of the sea. Dude. R.I.P. Hero. R.I.P. Hero. Dude, when he... When he died, I literally was like out loud. I said it out, <laughs> dude. I said it out loud too. I was like, "Oh shit, what?" I said the same thing. Like, "Holy fuck!" And he yeah. got like straight up splattered. Like yeah. you, like usually they cut away from that shit. No, you saw it. And also, uh, Mike getting like a bit of that blood bukkake. Hello. Yeah, that was crazy. No. Damn. No, sir. I will not. Oh, I will not accept you just crushing my dad like he was a fucking egg for an omelet. Oh, oh man, no. and like yeah, I gotta say, to a melon. I gotta say, Mike Mike is probably my favorite character of the kids. was sassy as fuck. He, I, I was say him. he got the sass, man. Of course, he is that's my, my guy. He is so my much son. sass, dude. Dude, he got so much sass that he's literally dying. Well, yeah, he was he, he was he was people. sick and dying yeah. and still giving sass. I respect. It. That's how I would be on my deathbed. I'd still be him talking Charlie, shit. Him and Charlie are my sons. I have adopted them. Yep, same. Um, which, uh, by the way, if you ever want more of that actor, he also is in, in that show, uh, Never Have I Ever. Oh, cool. Oh yeah, something so, else. Just a just a fun little side note in a in the conversation I was having with Brian while I was watching it. I was like, man. I'm glad we didn't invite Cap to uh, be a guest on this show, because it would get hella confusing, because, you know, we'd be talking about Charlie's dad, who also goes by Cap, because we don't actually know the guy's name. So we'd be like, yeah, Cap was awesome, and then Cap would just be like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was just it's, like, it's, not yeah. you, Cap, other Cap. Oh, here's something fun that I thought it was super cool that they actually did this. They actually had this show is multilingual. Oh yeah, I like I like uh, that Hero oh, yeah. and Mike like spoke to each other in Japanese. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, in the flashback, uh, like call, uh, like the humans spoke Spanish. Yeah, all very fascinating. And yes, both the shows English or in uh, Howls in Annie and Og's case. Yep. Which oh my god, poor girl. Yo, straight yeah. straight up, she has the backstory of Disney's Tarzan. Yeah, but yeah. she adopted the child of her father's killer. Which is so sweet, but also so fucked. I mean, when you think like, well, yeah. Living on well, you know. You but man, the, the, the scene where they share the hot dog. Oh my god, my heart. My heart. Yeah, because you said, you said that uh, he befriends the 
her dad's killer. No. Well, he said he said the child of her dad's killer. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. The child of her dad's killer. Well, her dad killed that child's parents. So yeah, they're, they're kind of like both in the same boat. Literally, yeah, they lived in a fucking boat. They lived in the same boat for years. Mm -hmm. And also, my God, Irene, why are you I, so? Bad? I have to say, I. So, initially, I thought Irene was going to be super annoying because of how cringe she started off as, but it became endearing over time, and I'm not going to lie. I it, As soon as I saw her face, I was like, oh, she's Annie's mom. I'm like, they look very similar. Yeah, I figured that too, but I mean, we've been in the entertainment reviewing gig for so long, we just know these tropes like the back of our fucking hands. Yeah. Yeah, but also... On addressing that point, I will give them kudos for not including the military who wants to use the monster. Yeah, as a subplot. Yeah, it, it, it was just it was just a rich mom trying to get her kid, which I, I appreciate it. It's not it's not them trying to capture Kong and use him for military experiments or whatever. Or capture dog to do whatever because yep. dog is just the OG. D well, dog is pretty fucking awesome. I I I I, I totally understand. Yeah. Also. Like, um, I love dogs, just grumpy old man. man. The, the, the most fun relationship of the entire show is the frenemy ship of dog and Charlie. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. And it's like, I don't know why you're mad at me, dog. And dog Are, be and you, you know, why dog is mad at you, Charlie, because he likes you and he's, he's protective of his sister. Yeah, it's like, I don't want no funkins. Hmm. I, I I can tell you wanna bang my sister, Charlie. Yeah, I can smell it. You you desperate as fuck. I could smell it. I wasn't you. I wasn't even there, and I could smell it. Yeah, it, yeah. But Charlie definitely went through. Man, Charlie. Yeah, no, Charlie, Charlie definitely went through some shit, and he had some major character development for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, at the end of the day, where the hell is he? I want- Dude, right? Like, yeah, I, I literally fucking... texted Brian after I finished all caps. That's how you fucking end it? Yeah. And, I mean, look. The balls on them to do that? That is crappy as shit. Oh, yeah. You definitely oh, yeah. want me to need more now. Because where the fuck is Dog? Where the fuck is Cap? Where the fuck is Charlie? Where, is Mike dead? Tell me Yeah, did so. Mike die? Well, like, why are we in New York? I know the obvious reason of why we're in New York, because you want the whole classic Kong Empire State Building thing. You fucking linger on the Empire State Building right there. Yeah, I know what it, you're doing, show. I know what you're doing, show. You yeah. wink off like classic Kong cinema, but that's not really like wanking off. It's like a classic nod, but I just did well, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah, no, I got you. Yeah, also to the point, the main woman in the original Kong movie, her name was Anne. Yep. So... Oh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, oh. And we did see that Annie, we did see that Annie uh, bonded with Kong because she reminded Kong of his own friend from the flashback because uh, of her friendship with Dog. Yep, and also, Kong be thinking on that, like, actual timing, you know? Yep. It's like, if, if you, yeah. if you were me, well, you know. Also, like, sad simping Kong was just, that was... Yeah. I, I don't, it's like, I'm okay with some things just being played off for funny, because simping, simping is a real problem. It's a disease, fam. When Kong, the king, when he fucking simps, it means something, apparently. 
It does. And you feel for our big man when he be big simping for people, you know? Oh, dude, when she died? Man, that shit. that hurt me. Like, oh my god, the scene where he, like, he, you know, digs the grave and buries her. I was like, oh my god, this poor I, guy. I was, I was sad for him. It's like, bro, I know you lost people that you cared about. And the one thing that the, you two had fought over something ridiculous and, like th that's the part th that's the part that i think that probably eats away at the guy the most is that <laughs> like the last thing that they had was an argument where she called him a stupid animal kong was being all tsundere and mm -hmm. then you know he like when she dies her last words are my king and i'm just like oh oh my heart sends you to the afterlife it, it makes you go well god damn yeah you get you forgave and that was a that was a bunny girl senpai truck moment right there and you know you know that he blames himself that's what i'm saying like if they weren't in an argument he would have been with her the, mm -hmm. I, I think the best thing that this show did was the fact that like they gave so much personality and emotion to Kong without having him be able to say a single word. Oh yeah, you could definitely tell just by the look on his Yeah. Like the emotion like on his face and the animation is just so good. Oh, perfect. Just yeah. Also, in the downright fear in his eyes when uh, the squid was acting on that devil timing. And then, like, the pure, unadulterated anger when he finally gets a chance to just mm -hmm. fucking unleash all yeah. the rage he had pent up for what that squid did to his friends. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the carnage. Oh, yeah. Because to give them cred, it wasn't just his homegirl that he was mad about. It's when he first comes and sees the village, and you just see, like, the utter trauma on his face. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, no, my all my friends are dead. It's because that stupid squid, because it got a taste in my fucking blood. Yep. Yeah. Squid. I will tell you, that squid was on demon timing. Oh, yeah. No, that squid, oh, that, yeah. that was a black Air Force-ass squid. Holy shit. Oh, it was like, okay, okay. So, I mentioned before, earlier in this podcast, that the octopus that Kong fights in Godzilla vs. King Kong back in the 1970s by Toei. Mm -hmm. uh, Toho, I should say. Toei is something different entirely. My bad. Toho. Oh my god. That squid just reminded me of that octopus. I, I'm sure that was just, I'm sure that was a deliberate homage. Yeah, and yeah, and terrifying, like, version of the octopus being that fucking piss-off squid monster. Hell yeah. And it's got, like, you know, oh, yeah. jellyfish venom type shit that, like, again, is killing our boy Mike. Mm-hmm. Also, gentlemen, I have two words for you. What's that, Brian? Tentacle porn? Flying flying whale. Oh yeah. Whale was like, hey Kong. Yeah, he yeeted like He yeeted a fucking whale. And I'm not gonna lie. And I saw I saw the flying whale, like uh I I, I, I wanted to message Tony, I'm like, Tony, you made a cameo <laughs> But I do remember that you did text me. Yep. Was yeah, a flying that whale? <laughs> question mark question. <laughs> Yeah, that squid was deliberately. Oh man, that squid was so petty, and I love it. Oh, oh, here's something very interesting. Also, it's down to animal uh, behavior too. Mm -hmm. Most cephalopods 
are some of the most intelligent creatures on this planet. Yeah, I've seen videos of like, uh, like octopi painting and shit. And also, it would make sense to have a cephalopod be very intelligent. I mean, having a brain comparable to its size, it's fucking smart. And it knows how to get it. Oh, yeah. Yo, it dispatched that helicopter like it was nothing. It's like, it, it wasted it, no like, time. Paper. It tore it apart like tissue paper. That shit was wild. Indeed. Indeed, it was just bad. But also, and the one thing that I love about this thing is that we don't see it outright eat people. It killed for a sport. Yeah, no, you could tell that it was just doing this to fuck with people. Like, it wasn't because also, it was hungry or anything. Also, they kind of pulled the whole Jaws method, where we saw its tentacles and we saw its tendrils things. Yeah, we, we, we didn't, didn't see, see it. Yeah, we didn't see the full squid until, like, the big epic-ass fight. Oh, yeah, and it's also very interesting because it's connected to Cap in a way. Yeah. At least the way that it presented to, at least to me. Cap was going on. Hmm? Sorry. Uh, did you just lose your mind there, buddy? What's going on with that? Yeah, I was wondering. I no. was like, <laughs> no, I was, I was gonna say actually, if you remember, that's not the monster that Cap saw. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, because Cap specifically says that's that something else. Mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he saw, he saw it before. Like Cap saw the squid before we did. Yeah. Yep. And he was like, that's not the thing I saw years ago. That's something different. So what the hell is that? I mean, also, I the to... other thing that I love about this show is that, uh, well, so for me, right, mm. I, my grandpa, he loved old pulp novels, and I read a bunch of them as a kid, like Edgar Rice Burroughs and Jules Verne, all that shit. I have, like, a whole box of them that he gave me for, uh, from uh, his old house when uh, when we moved out of his house into our current house, and, like... This reminds me of that shit, uh, especially because this goes into the whole Hollow Earth thing, which is actually a big concept in, believe it or not, the Tarzan novels. So, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Disney animated series for Tarzan, but they actually dive into one of the concepts in the novels, where uh, in the center of the Earth, there's actually... A whole other Earth where dinosaurs are still around. They have a whole civilization dedicated to cheetahs and cheetah men. And there's a sexy lady in a cheetah skin cloak that has magical abilities to control uh, control the animals and like turn people into cheetahs. That Her name is Queen La, and she's fucking awesome. That sounds she, hot as She fuck. also rides a fucking T-Rex. That sounds hot as fuck. Ooh. Also, by the way, Hollow Earth stuff was included in Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, uh, uh, Land of the Lost. Yep, yep. Also true. And, uh, the trailer for, uh, the next Kong and Godzilla film. The big fuck you, ape? Hello? Yeah, right? I'm, Jesus. uh, I I'm excited, though. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I, I also love just the little references. Like, when that Merc, when they ask the, the Merc, like, who are you? <laughs> Jules Verne. That is hilarious, yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. is the squid really gonna care about who you are down to your fucking yearbook? Right. Just give me it's your well, fucking name. Uh, thank you, well. 
Which also another callback to yeah, H Orson Welles, of course. Now H.G. Wells. Yep. Which, uh, by the way, as far as side characters go, I don't remember the the character's name, but Phil the Mars mercenary dude. You talking about Sam? Oh yeah, Sam. Sam. Yeah. He he was on that time and though with Irene. Hello. Yeah, you know you you can t you can tell they're a thing. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, like, they're, they're definitely, they're yeah. definitely, you know, definitely, you know. Yeah, and to give Irene her credit, though, I did like that one scene where she was like, "Sam, I need to talk to you." Oh yeah, something. oh yeah. Can I show you something? And then like she just has a healthy cry in, in private. Like, also, I love her banter with uh Annie. Uh, my favorite, well, my favorite one yeah. is where she she's like, like you know, she talks about what she went through and she talks about like how much therapy she had. And Annie's like, what's therapy? And she's like, of course I do, if I knew what therapy was. And then she explains what therapy is, and like, what's your plot? Uh, like, Annie says, that sounds bad. And then Irene just responds, no, actually, it's quite healthy. And I'm like, yeah. you tell her, Irene, it is healthy. Yeah. Advocate for that. Healthy, Irene. I mean, you meant it as like a fucking joke, but yes, therapy is healthy, folks. If, yeah, uh... no, we here on the Channel Tasters podcast to fully advocate for therapy. As two yeah. out of three of us do go to therapy regularly. Yes, and... Some of us need to make sure that we're on the up and up, just to make sure that well, we say we say balance. Say Listen, you can, you all you always want to you always want to be even, and I think like mm -hmm. you know that was a, definitely a struggle for Irene, because like and I don't blame her, man. This shit was fucking stressful. Yes, I, mean, I mean, having the idea of burying your own child. I can't even begin to imagine that, like, yeah. and then to have that, like, wound opened up again, only to, like, to find, to get, uh, like, a sliver of hope, like, oh, your kid might be alive, the, the ship is there. And to find out that your husband, yeah. or maybe ex-husband? No, I think it was just regular husband. I mean, I mean it, they didn't really, like, outright find that. Cause I, cause I, cause they heavily imply that Sam, uh, she met Sam in like grief counseling group therapy, and Sam also lost a wife, like his wife. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's the case. But they—that's another thing the show did excellently. They didn't put things. They didn't the spoon feed you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, mm -hmm. how they feed you mystery after mystery. It's like Mike's when they when he first sees Irene, it's like it's you. And then she's like you. And then you know Cap's like, wait, you, you guys know each other, huh? Like who, what the. Fuck? Cap, yeah. out of all the characters, I love this man. Oh yeah, like he reminds me of like a an adventurer version of Reed Richards. Oh, I had my comments, I, you know, the special rant commentary that because Jay he's so single-minded, but unlike Reed, he actually does make an effort to yeah. pay attention to his family. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, indeed. I had multiple things that I said, looking like a fucking Reed, Steven. Oh yeah. Yeah, because Steven Strange has that same hairstyle. It's like the patches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he doesn't God have he doesn't damn. have the full on beard. Yeah, mm. yeah. Cap has a great beard. Also, by the way, as, as someone who appreciates facial hair, Cap oh, has Cap had a great beard. Yeah. We got but also personality wise, kind of also reminds me of the dad from Lost in Space. I can see that. Yeah, true. I can see that too. But I gotta say, like I said, thanks to the animation, the adult characters look fine. And oh yeah. That's talking about. A oh yeah. I'm not talking about any of that weird timing that most people think about. You know, this association. And whatnot. We're not getting into that. But yep. what I am saying is that these individuals, good lord. Also, I love the the background characters, like the other mercenaries, like like the one girl mercenary who gave Cap's ass. Oh, 
It's like you know. It's like what? what uh, it's like what are you doing? What are you doing with that plant? It's like packing it up. It's like for what? Because we yeah. Because you know we want our chopper to be even heavier next time we get rescued. Yeah. I like her. I like her. Uh, I, yeah. Didn't she die? I don't think no. so. She's still alive. We don't know if most of the crew survived after Kong beat the shit. Oh yeah, we don't. Yeah, true. that is true. Because um, also if you remember the last we saw Cat, he was running back in the woods to try to save Charlie. Yep. Who was also in a very precarious situation. Like, wasn't he about to get caught by fucking the natives? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weren't going to kill him or anything. No, they, I, but I think they were gonna torture him or do some shit because like you know well, he fucked with kong they, yeah he fucked. yeah they, they said something like what did you do to our king or why did you hurt our so, king yeah they're like you, you will suffer for what you did to kong is what they said it was the line ah. and then charlie was like kong look it's kong oh gee maybe a little bit of context clues you fucking goober they're Fair. wearing yeah monkey but yes. yeah and our poor and our poor mike was poisoned but running after cap help with charlie he still had a, and he still had a bad ass moment with that flare gun thing that was cool as fuck oh yeah that was so cool that was so cool yeah uh, legendary you did it again yeah the uh the godzilla cartoon that was on netflix that they did was also great you did it again you made me fucking care you made me fucking care again mm -hmm. movies. oh yeah no it, this show was fantastic I highly recommend it for movies, sure i should say specifically so yeah let's go ahead and jump into final thoughts and ratings uh we're gonna go ahead and once again start with brian then then I'll, then I'll go to me, and then we'll end off with Tony. Sorry, add a little bit of IRL thing. Uh, yeah, I was wondering why yeah. you were shaking over there. I was like, oh no, is Briar having a seizure? I dropped something that I'm holding off camera. Gotcha. Uh, but, because uh, you know, fidgety, neural spikey, you know. Your neurons are... But, uh, but uh, anyway, I did really enjoy the show. Like I said, I do think that it was too short. I get why they kept it short and sweet, but still, would have liked to see more. Uh, but I did still really enjoy it. Like, it was great. Uh, uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's me trying to fight the fact that I've been giving so many uh, ratings around this. But I just feel like there were little things here and there where it wasn't perfect. It was still great, but it wasn't like perfect. So uh, in the end, it doesn't even matter. You tried so hard, you came so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. Damn, alright, but uh, I guess maybe it's biased for me not wanting to give everything like around this rating. But um, I think for what we got it was great but i would have wanted more and some of the little things here and there were a little cliche like we said like it was obvious that she was annie's mom so i think in the end this is still a really good grade but i think out of 10 i'd give it an 8.5 okay cool tradition continues also because i didn't say it before i have to rectify it and say it now annie's mom has got it going on like indeed she fine as hell she is fine as hell i even think her little awkwardness is cute it's quirky mm -hmm. i like like you, it. Know, you know she got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's rich. I, I would. I, I'd hit. But yeah, yeah. Let's talk about final ratings for me. So I thought this show was great. I actually think the breakneck pace really helped it a lot. Because you didn't really have time to breathe. Like it just moved you from one thing to the next to the next. And it really just kept you hooked and enthralled. Like Tony said, the, the show could have very easily been 
nothing but exposition dumps. And honestly, I probably would have liked it if it was very exhibition dumpy, because the, the world and the island itself was just super fascinating. But they do a really good job of just the subtle moments of exposition that don't spoon feed you things. They let you put things together yourself, like the relationship between Sam and Irene, uh, the whole thing with like Kong yeah, yeah. and Meet his people that. who lived in the village mm -hmm. like it was all great the emotion perfect. on Kong like we mentioned before is absolutely phenomenal they, we actually care about the human characters which is a feat within itself but I don't think it has that enough juice to it to reach the level of a nine because the not a nine is like the highest score I can give something that isn't Sandman so so I gotta go with my gut here and give Kong or give Skull Island season one an eight out of ten fantastic show would highly recommend it and I think you know it is such a breeze to watch before you know it it'll be over and you'll be be like what the fuck where where are my guys where'd my sons go tell me where my children. sons are damn it yeah give me back my children all right tony final thoughts and ratings well gentlemen you know what i thought of this as instead of a tv show what a much longer kaiju movie okay fair enough so i treat i treat it like a kaiju movie the episode breaks and annoying but hey sometimes that just happens overall great great way of really exploring a different asset to Skull island we get to see different cool things with the ecology we get to see a skull soccer again from the uh legendary kong film that was yeah that cool. was pretty cool well and i gotta say as much as i enjoy it and as i am a huge fan of kaiju movies myself i cannot in good conscience give it higher than an 8.5 so i'm agreeing with brian on this one yeah because you guys can see what what i was trying to do with that internal conflict is oh yeah yeah it's a it's a great show but it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a nine you know uh, i guess spoiler for anybody who did not watch our bloodhound episode episode yet we get bloodhound nine like all of us mm -hmm. and, and that, that show was absolutely phenomenal the only reason we couldn't give it a 10 was because there were still problems we had with it that didn't make it perfect yes and with this it's just the way it is for just media in general that we will always have differing apparent uh, opinions on the things we enjoy i looked at it from the perspective of someone who has watched kaiju movies since they were a small child and so I'm used to these shows. So I'm used to the ideas of the human characters just kind of being a bit superfluous. And they're just very minor. Or And then coming to realize that the monsters were meant, they were trying to put this balance the monsters and the human characters, which Skull Island did put that proper balance. I mean, granted, we saw a lot of interesting creatures. We didn't see Kong, which was very fitting because it was just all alive. But with Brian, I saw his point with it's very hard to create a show that, sh in all honesty, should have been a film instead of a show. I can see that. And it's just, yeah, I can see. Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad thing to have an animated film series that's like pseudo prequels to like Kong's side of the uh, MonsterVerse complex. Oh, so like kind of like, you know, for anime terms, like an OVA series kind of thing? Yeah, it's kind of like how uh, when Gainorobuchi wrote uh, the Godzilla Earth trilogy. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like that, but it's told in the same universe as the MonsterVerse. Mm -hmm. Not its own separate thing, because Godzilla Earth is fucking metal. Oh, it is wild. But yeah, Brian. 
again yet again you and i agree on a rating and jay is just up it's just 0.5 below us but keep still. that tradition man that, that that's just how, that just seems to be how it is you know i'm all i'm always 0.5 below yeah, so, or unless it's sandman Oh yeah, unless it's Sandman, where I'm 0.5 above. Or you're with me on just kind of seeing a lot of the points, because I think you and I had similar rating when it came to Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, we had similar ratings to Across- Yeah, we had the same rating in Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, we, again, we were all unanimous with uh, Bloodhound. And then uh, you and I were uh, 0.5 apart in- Or no, you and I were a point apart mm. in uh, Oshinoko. I will not give away the rating here. You guys should watch that video to see what that is. Yes, you totally should. But- uh, And then- Mm -hmm. Or one with Cap. Mm, yeah, that's what. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the Young Justice one with Cap, where we, where me and Brian agreed, and Cap was 0.5 below us. Mm, that, that is very interesting. But point is, uh, when it comes to media like this, some of us have a little bit more knowledge, as you probably have seen. Yep, knowledge in, and attachment. In the past, with a few episodes like Exo Kitty, for example, I didn't know much about the original source material, so I just saw it as a new view perspective. Uh, when it yep. came across, Jay, Cap, and myself had a huge love for the entangling web of the multiverse as far as fireman's concerned yep and then you know with sandman both tony and i were like huge fans of the comics they were big influences on you know on our own like writing and like how how we perceived a lot of stuff and, like the whole writing philosophy and whatnot but also with this I, I think we've talked about our experiences with kaiju films in the past yeah we have and didn't we agree that out of the three of us i had the more extensive knowledge on it yeah because oh, yeah because yeah because yeah, you, you 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 went back and watched a lot of these older stuff and i mean i have and i you know i i, I know a lot of the lore but most of, most of most of what i know comes from like comics that i've read because i like uh, what him call it i think it was idw idw has this amazing godzilla series that uh i i've i've read for like the longest time they also had a, a, a mini series called godzilla in hell that Corey got that was amazing. Yeah, and with and uh, my experience with it is that I've seen some of the classic stuff and some of the new stuff. I'm not really attached as much to the mythos, but I have seen some of the stuff, especially the classic old movies. Yeah, and I've also gone down the kaiju rabbit hole because I actually have a collection of camera movies. Oh, cool. Yeah, so when it comes kaijus and I, we go back. I played I that uh, that old fighting game, uh, that old kaiju fighting game. I thought that. That was fucking awesome. Godzilla attack on monsters melee. Yep. Destroy monsters melee. Uh, love that game. But here's a fun fact about me, folks, and I think you guys will get a kick out of this too. My grandparents, these are my mom's parents, took me and my sister out to see Godzilla 2000 theaters. Oh shit. And that is a memory I will always recall because in typical uh westernizing fashion, we had dug over uh the lines for the human characters and whatnot in typical Godzilla films because that's always been a thing. And that shit has always been hilarious. Mm. So I begged when the VHS, VHS, mind you, the VHS for that film came out, I begged and pleaded to get it, only to have my uh, my grandparents buy it so they could just keep it at their house. And when that time came when my grandfather passed, I grabbed all the Godzilla movies I could, took them home with me, and they've been in my care ever since. Oh, nice. That's sweet. Nice. They weren't 
real to me in any way, but those films were mine. They were something that I shared with my grandfather. That's cool. That, I mean, that, that, that's like what I talked about last week uh, in the Bloodhounds episode, uh, you know, why I love boxing so much is because, you know, that's how I yeah. connected with my grandfather before uh, before he passed. Oh, my yeah, and uh, for those people at home who might not know, out of the three of us, I'm the one who's not like a legacy nerd. I am so framed. <laughs> well, my grandfather wasn't really a nerd himself. He was a carpenter in life, and he just focused on a lot. He was a, a very soul-of-the-earth kind of man. So he did his damnedest to understand his one of his younger grandfather being little old me, because I wasn't, li- wasn't like any of my uh, cousins on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. I was that uh, quirky child. And also, it didn't hurt that I was the grandchild of one of my grandfather's favorite children, so that being mine. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that, uh... that's uh, that's how, that's why that's why I'm tr- tr- uh, I get special treatment around uh, my around my mom's family in California. I, I guess also because I'm the oldest, I'm legit the only one any of them remembers. Like they'll say my, they'll mention me, and they'll just completely forget that I have two other brothers. Damn. But <laughs> Another interesting fact, not to get too much into it, but my grandfather was the one that knew about me being on the spectrum mm-hmm. before my mom even did. And he said, you know, Tony's mom's name. Uh, what's going on with your boy? He hasn't talked starting at three. Ah, okay. I was very lit when I was very small, and I used to talk through my teeth. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So are those things that to me? Well, yeah, it- I can understand why kaiju movies have have such a special place in your heart for sure. Because <laughs> yeah. I indeed it's those memories of being there. And with Skull Island, sure, I have those memories again of just like watching a good kaiju story. But much like with what Brian said, we can tell the tropes like right off that. But where's the fun in just harping on the big? Yeah, and I mean like that's the that's the point of like the new mantra of the podcast, right? We're all, we're only reviewing shows that we like and you know even with spider-verse where you know like we mentioned before where like you know yeah. we had we had that nerd rage that was out of love and passion that wasn't out of hate or like yeah. any kind of visceral fuck this movie kind of thing oh, yeah. the hate that we had the quote-unquote hate that we had during spider-verse is a completely different monster than if we were ever to cover flash oh yeah definitely it was yeah how a character changed in outlook for the character from its original page counterpart, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that stuck a crawl in my jaw, you know? Yep. But yeah, hope you guys enjoyed... And, uh, oh yeah, my bad, Brad. Go ahead. It's okay, I just wanted to cap off by saying that uh, the reason why I mentioned the negatives was just to explain, working it out in myself, of why I felt like it didn't deserve to have a knot. Oh yeah, for sure. True. But uh, I will say that um, it does seem like mine is somewhat exo-kitty so far in this new iteration, there really hasn't been something that has been exclusively something me. But uh, people, let's just say, look out for... Not entirely true. I was going to say, that's not entirely true. Because, like, while Tony was a critter, you were, you're a bigger critter than Tony is. Well, I mean, in this, this new version of, uh, on YouTube. Ah, yeah, okay. I get your point. But, uh, I will just say, because I was also trying to give you an out, Jay, because I was going to say that if you want something that is more me nerding gal, let's just wait till, like, somewhere in November or December when a certain specials come out. Oh, yeah, that's true. The Doctor Who specials, for sure. And then you'll, you'll see, you'll see me nerd out, like, for a, a franchise that I love 
especially in August when the TMNT movie comes out. I fucking love the turtles. Oh, so you know, also I... comes out in August there, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, uh, Blue Beetle! The boy Jaime! That's the best the dude! Yeah, yeah! Why not have an entire discussion roundtable on the one, the only, Jaime Reyes? Oh yeah, no, we're, we're oh, best believe, folks at home and folks listening, <gasps> we are doing a Blue Beetle episode and we're doing a turtle episode. Normally we do a one movie per month kind of rule, but I can't miss an opportunity to talk about the turtles. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, the Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle thing, Tony, was already in the books, like, mm. before the first version, the first episode when of we, the YouTube When movie. we saw, when we saw the suit, me and Brian were like, oh yeah, we're covering this. Yeah, and when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is so me. But yeah, look forward to that. Now, I finally get to tell you guys. So, as Tony alluded to in his screen time, we were originally going to cover Superman and Lois as next week's episode of the podcast. However, we discovered that season three does not come on HBO Max until the 27th. So we got to wait a little bit. So in the meantime, we're actually going to cover one of the shows that we just react to once again. We're probably going to cover Celebrity because it's actually <laughs> perfect timing. So yes, here yes, we go. And, uh, and I know some people out there who might know it are like, why don't you watch it on the CW app? Well, uh, one, the CW app is trash. It is. And two, and two, it's bound to spoil the show that you're watching. Yeah, because like when I was watching season two and I was catching up to season two, like at the time, because like the, if you know how the CW works, if you're watching, like if you're trying to watch like the later episode, like the current episodes of a season, they're not on Max. You have to watch it on the app. I was well, I was catching up on season two, and right before like I got an answer to a plot point, I saw a trailer for the coming episode that was coming up that week of Superman and Lois season two, which told me the answer I was looking for, and I was like, "Well, shit, there goes the surprise there." So I straight up told the boys, "I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe it's not gonna spoil us if the show's already over, but also you gotta remember the." show did just wrap up so they probably still have those ads in the rotation yeah and also um he said the 27th 27th of july yep yeah yeah so a whole month but so likely we haven't talked about this off camera but likely it's looking like superman and lois which we're still gonna do is probably gonna come out the episode before our turtles episode yep yeah. and you know it is what it is plus looking more into k-dramas specifically a very more interesting k-drama as opposed to what we got in bloodhounds you know and you and you folks seem to like our our like k-drama coverage i mean exo kitty doesn't fully count but like we said, it has a lot of K-drama elements. You guys liked the Bloodhound episode, from what we can tell, um, in terms of engagement. So, clearly, you know, it's not something our audience shies away from. So, we're, you know, if you give us a reason, we'll continue to do the K-drama stuff. Because yeah. we fucking love these. Yeah, it's a bit outside of our usual element, our usual wheelhouses. But, but I, I think that's what makes it more fun, it. right? We're like, Yeah. Well, it also sets up the precedent so that we can cover the big case stuff when it comes out like season two of squid game and season two of 
all of us are dead. Oh, wait, it's confirmed to get a season two? Mm -hmm. Oh, shit! Hell yeah, man! That's hype! So that means I have to play Mega Ketchup again. Oh, it's not Mega Ketchup. All of us are dead was super short. And then it's only got one season. It was about the same size as Squid Games. And, uh, Bloodhounds. I was just making a joke. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, that's a lot of stuff to look forward to. Once again, I just want to reiterate, thank you everyone for supporting the podcast and our return to YouTube. And thank you audio only audience for supporting us on spotify as well remember if you want Thanks. to hear the podcast a day early go follow us on spotify and listen to it of course you're missing out on a big element and a lot of our little inside jokes here if you don't watch the youtube version but you know how you can rectify that just watch both exactly and you want to keep update with our various opinions on this podcast there are three simple ways to make sure that you can get a hold of us yep by subscribing to the channel liking each video and also put your notifications on because if you want to hear our lovely voices at nauseam talking about different shows you got to make sure those notifications are always on yep that bell does matter folks don't forget mm -hmm. to ding it and also don't forget to comment down below tell us your thoughts and opinions on skull island or answer the question i proposed earlier or any of the various other things we talked about in the different segments as well exactly like it, i mentioned before what you want to see in the future Oh yeah, yeah. We we're also we're always down to take recommendations. So whatever whatever you guys want to talk about, feel free to mention it in the comments down below, and you will be featured in our brand new segment, Comment Quarter. Like I keep saying, I know I've repeated it several times, but comment and engagement are super important to Algorithm Son, and we gotta please him. So you know, yes, do what we can. Algorithm Son, he, he's a very fickle creature. He is he's like that uh, that diamond crab bug monster from skull island so help us out as much as you can do all the usual youtube things but thank you guys for tuning in to a new episode of the channel chasers podcast we will see you guys next week and until then we'll catch you later peace sayonara you lovely so-and-sos